It's good to be saved, isn't it? It's good to be a Christian. You know, you're a Christian because you got saved. It's because the Lord saved you. He said he would do it, and he did it, didn't he? He said he would if you asked him. Not because you're perfect, not because you're sinless, but because he will forgive you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, he'll forgive you. You know, I'm excited today that we have not missed one service at Union Valley through all this crisis. In Jesus' name. I'm also thankful for a lot of things. And uh, I already mentioned family. This is one of these days that you think a lot about family and we miss the ones that are gone. And so much, it makes us cry. But the crying is not because of hopelessness but because we just would like to see them again. And one day, and it won't be long, we will. It won't be long. We're going to get to see. I believe it really is not going to be long, and we're all going to be there together. And the Bible says that one day, uh, this whole world's going to be transformed. Heaven's going to come down on earth, and we're going to live here with the Lord forever. Until that day, life is good. In fact, life is great. But it is hard at the same time. And we're facing some of the hardest times that we've ever faced. There's people around the United States that are literally losing uh, what they've worked all their life for. There's people around the United States and around the world that are in desperate need of an uh, of, uh, end to this crisis. Now, I am not uh, up on a daily basis with all the numbers and the cases and I'm not like Governor Cuomo or whoever and get to be on TV every day saying the same thing over and over and over and over. I just put my faith in Jesus Christ. How about you? We just put our faith in Jesus Christ. But I did get some good news this week that as far as we know, that it could have changed this morning. I haven't checked uh, anything this morning, but... As of, I believe, yesterday, there were zero cases of COVID in Pontotoc County. Isn't that awesome? The ones that have had it have recovered uh, uh, or passed away, but no cases, at least right now. Of course, the more testing there is out there, the more cases will show up. And I'm thanking God. Isn't that what we prayed for right here in Ada, Oklahoma, in Pontotoc County? God, would you end it? Would you praise God? He's done it. He's doing it for us. He's doing it for us. How many know that he is doing this for us? That's how he works. That's how he works. He hears the cries of his people over and over and over and over and over and over through the Bible. He heard the cries of his people in part of the Red Sea. He heard the cries of his people and he provided an ark for a family to save the human race. He heard the cries of his people and they were set free from the Roman Empire. They were set free from the Babylonian conquer, the empire that conquered them back in those days. He, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is provided a perfect sacrifice, has provided a perfect covenant between God and man. And this morning on Mother's Day, I want to remind you that the most important thing above all other things is your relationship with Jesus Christ. That is the one thing that will last you 
forever. There's a lot of very important things. Family is important. Uh, Husbands, wives, children, very, very important. Career is important. The things that we own in this world, they're not ours. They belong to God. We're just using them until it's our time to go. And we're supposed to be good stewards. But on this Mother's Day, there's two things I want to talk about this morning. First of all is our mothers and how big of an impact they can make on the lives of their children. Think about what our country would be like if George Washington's mother had been different than she was. What about Abraham Lincoln's mother if she had been a totally different person, anti-God or something like that? Think about the great leaders of the world that have turned millions to Christ. What about Billy Graham's mother? What if she had been a different person? What if she had given in to the things of the world instead of following Christ? On and on the list goes. Mothers, you are so important. My mother is here this morning, and she has been so important in my life. And I appreciate it very much. From a very young age, she had uh, me singing in front of people, took that fear away. And it led to a lot of things in my life that have really been a blessing. And so that's not all she did. She raised us in church. One thing my mother did is she, and she's here, and I'm talking about her right here. She uh, never made us feel like that we were a burden to her. She never made us feel like we were a burden to her. She always made us feel like we were a privilege, that she was so blessed to have us. In fact, she would say that. And mothers, if you're here this morning, one of the greatest things you can do to your children as they're young is to tell them over and over how blessed you are to have them. And in like manner, they will feel the same about you throughout your life. Another thing is taking us to church and Sunday school. She never missed taking us to church and Sunday school. And those learnings, those teachings, those lessons, all ingrained in my life, have made me who I am today. And so I think about the mothers that raised great people throughout the, throughout the world, and maybe you feel the same about yours. It says in Proverbs that if you want to have a long life and mercy and peace and truth in your life in chapter 3, He says, do these things. In verse 5, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In verse 6, he says, acknowledge all of your ways to him. Think about this. Hey, I've done a few things wrong in my life. In fact, I probably will in the future. I'm trying not to, but sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I say something I wish I hadn't said. Sometimes I uh, think things I wish I wasn't thinking. And look, that's being human. We are, God does not expect us to be perfect, but here's what he does expect. He expects us to give our lives to him because he is perfect. And he will lead us the right way. Wouldn't it be great if Say a billion people accepted Christ because of this crisis. Wouldn't it be worth it if a billion people or even a million people 
accepted Christ. Billy Graham Association is reporting tens of thousands of people are calling in and praying to accept Christ, praying for forgiveness through this crisis. That lights my fire, let me tell you. I'm excited about that. Churches all over the country being attacked by liberal government leaders who are trying to be harsh on them about meeting in parking lots or whatever. But the federal government, praise God, has raised up and said, no, you may not stop churches from meeting. Let me tell you, we're meeting in the parking lot today because we have a lot of people that wouldn't be able to go to church under these guidelines because they're 65 or older and they're asking them not to go. And so we're having church in the parking lot because we want them to be included in our worship service. Isn't that right? We want them to be included. And so that's why we're doing it. Yes, I agree. We're facing things we've never faced before, but we're not facing near the hardship that Jesus Christ faced on the way to the cross. Remind myself daily of that. It helps me. Think about what Jesus chose to do. That morning when he got up, he knew what was going to happen that night. That the day before, he knew what was going to happen. He prayed so hard. The Bible says it was so intense. It was like he was sweating great drops of blood. That's how intense it was for Christ, knowing what was about to happen to him. And so when I get to feeling like I'm overwhelmed or maybe I'm pressured or maybe I'm uh, having trouble through in this crisis, I think about what Jesus chose to go through because of you and me. You see, I could not make it to heaven on my own. I'm not good enough to get there on my, my own, but the Lord has made a way. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Be not wise in your own eyes. That's a big one right there, and that's a tough one. Be not wise in your own eyes. That's something I have to deal with all the time. You know, we don't have an answer to all the problems. Even the greatest minds in the world cannot figure this virus out. Even the greatest minds in the world can't figure out exactly what to do about it. And there is no one that knows the future but Jesus Christ. Be not wise in your own eyes. Uh, this is Proverbs chapter 3. And here's a great one. Depart from evil. You know, a lot of times through life, we're tempted just to kind of dabble in it. Oh, a little of this won't hurt, or a little of that won't hurt, or going here once in a while won't hurt, or going there. You know, dabbling in evil, we already know it's wrong. I don't have to stand up here and give you a list of the things that are wrong. You already know it. Down inside your heart, the Lord is already leading you to what's right. And sometimes we just keep dabbling in it he says no if you really want victory depart from it in fact jesus went one step further he said don't just stay away from it flee from it he said it'll get you it'll get a hold of you and he said just flee from it don't go around those people anymore don't go around those places anymore stay away from the things that are dragging you down break ties with the people and the behaviors that keep on winning victories over you in this life and then next he said and this is probably most of all honor the lord with all thy substance and this is what i said earlier literally everything i own belongs to god my house, it's not mine. It's God's. 
My land is not mine. He made it. He still owns it. I have a deed to it at Pontotoc County. But let me tell you something. Did you realize that if our country is conquered, if our country suffers a total economic collapse so that it totally changes the landscape of our economy and our society. Did you realize that even the land you own, you will not own anymore? Did you realize that the Social Security check won't come anymore? Did you realize that the, that the government assistance of any kind won't happen anymore if we lose our foundation and our funding and the economy of this great United States? I don't know if people realize that or not. And I'm not trying to incite panic or fear. I'm saying that we need to rely on Jesus. He is the only person in the universe who can fix this problem. And it's a big one. You see, we grow up in a country where we have the right to own things. But in many, many countries, they don't have that right. They get to live there and use it, but they really don't own it. And so one of the greatest things you can do in your life spiritually is to go, go ahead and realize that Jesus Christ owns everything. He owns that car I drive, and, you know, sometimes I wish he would fix it. He owns that house, and guess what? I kind of sometimes wish he would show up and just snap his fingers, and it would all be fixed and repaired and updated. Sometimes I'm thinking, all right, Lord, you own this. You own this business that I have. You own this. You own that. Why don't you take care of it? And you know what he says? I am. I am. Do you believe that? That's what he told Moses. Moses tried to figure it out too, and he said these two words, I am. Am. And you know, that's sufficient because if the Lord decided to take everything I have from me, like he did Job, I would still have him in my heart and the wealth and riches of eternal life would still be mine and no one could ever take that from me. And this is the wisdom of Solomon found in Proverbs chapter 3 to realize that all of your substance belongs to him. All of your substance belongs to him. You know, I used George Washington as a, as a reference earlier. And you can do your own uh, research on it, looking up the information. Uh, you can just Google it and look for some reliable sources. But George Washington, believe it or not, was one of the wealthiest presidents that this country has ever had. In fact, if you compare his wealth back then to Donald Trump's wealth today, George Washington had Donald Trump beat. He was that wealthy in the terms of dollars and how they were valued then versus now. And you know why that mattered so much? Because he was able to help fund the Revolutionary War to help us break free of England. So you see, God gave him his wealth to establish this country. God gave him his wealth to help fund the war, the revolution. God gave him his wealth to take care of all those hurting soldiers when they were hungry and cold and tired and weak. You see, it was not his, it was God's, but he knew George Washington would take care of it and do the right thing with it, and so he entrusted more of it to him. And that's how God works. That's what God does. I ran across a scripture that 
goes along with what we're dealing with. If you were here last week, I was talking about Revelation and talking about the end, the second coming of Christ. And do you remember? We said it's not quite here yet. Not quite yet. This is a test run. But one thing I want to make real clear about that. The rapture could happen any day. The end is going to happen seven years later. After a terrible time of tribulation. After the Antichrist is revealed. And so I ran across a scripture in Revelation I thought was very interesting for what we're dealing with today. You know, most of the time, the big events, the big crises that we go through, you can find something about it in the Bible. And so if you want to, I'm going to close with this. Just show you how much the Lord has it under control. Just to show you the plan that God has. And we don't have to be frightened because he really does have a plan. And we're going to go to heaven with him. And then heaven's going to come to earth and we're going to live here with him. We don't have to worry about any of that. Let's look in, in uh, Revelations chapter 18. Revelations chapter 18. All right, in Revelations chapter 18 and verse 20, it's talking about you have had holy, holy apostles warn you. You have had prophets for God warn you. God has avenged you because of it. And then it says in verse 21, a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus, with violence shall the great city of Babylon be thrown down. You know what a millstone is? It's about the size of the tire on your car, maybe a little bigger. And it would be like you lay down that tire on the ground and put another one on top of it. And you turn the top one, you turn it, turn it, turn it, turn it, while grain goes between them so that the two tires rubbing together would grind the grain. Now, it's made out of stone, very heavy. That's how they were made. Two wheels, stone wheels. Stay with me now. Two stone wheels. And they pour the grain down in between them, and they would rub together. Sometimes they would hook a donkey or a camel or an ox to a pole that would constantly walk in a circle, turning that millstone all day long, or sometimes hooked to a water wheel. All right, so that millstone was so heavy, there's no way you could pick it up. And two or three of us probably couldn't pick it up. It had to be rolled into place, lifted with big levers. It was heavy, 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 heavy. You remember a time where Jesus talked about this very same thing? This, he says, this is in Revelation. He said, this big giant millstone is cast into the sea because the great Babylon is fallen and they're about to go under. Now, Babylon is not one particular city. Babylon is the worldly kingdom that worships money. How many know that a lot of people, maybe even most people, and even most governments around the world, they really worship money. Money, 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 money. Power is what really drives what most countries do. And so he's saying this is the end of that. Well, Jesus used this example once too. And Jesus said those that harm the little children, those that hurt the little children, 
a millstone's going to be tied around their neck and cast into the sea. That's what he said. And I'm going to say it again. I firmly believe that the main reason that America has suffered this crisis is because we sacrifice thousands of babies per day around the United States, and there's very few people who will stand up, take a stand against it, and change it. This is the most horrid, horrible abomination that anything that exists to God. There's two, really, that are the worst of the worst. One is worshiping false gods, and the other is sacrificing babies. And that's what's happening in America. Most of these, both of these things are happening. And so the Bible says here in verse 21, a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, thus with violence, Babylon has been thrown down and will be found no more at all. Now let's go on. The voice of the harpers and musicians and pipers and trumpeters will be heard no more at all in thee. No craftsman, nothing positive, nothing good, it says. The sound of the millstone even will be heard no more. And this is what I want to get to right here. <clears throat> how, do you, how many know that Jesus' children are supposed to be the light of the world? All over the world. You know, our friends in Kenya right now, they need our prayer. Put them on your prayer list. Pastor John Atino and all of our missionaries over in Africa and Kenya, they are being attacked by locusts, and it's been going on for a couple of months. And they have no crops. They have no grass. The leaves are all gone off the trees. They're having a terrible time. Now, they call them locusts. We call them grasshoppers. Grasshoppers are eating everything green, and I'm not talking about just a few. I'm saying you can't take a step without squashing several grasshoppers. It is horrible, and this is like the plagues of Egypt that we're seeing come upon the land. All over the world, we're seeing this happen. We talked about it last week. And we also talked about the rise of a one-world monetary system and a one-world government. This is happening, guys. Don't you see it in the news? Can't you hear the words in the news that they're talking about? The World Health Organization getting more and more power all over the world. I never thought, I, I've taught this all my life, and I never thought that the world would be eventually controlled by medicine, that the world would eventually be controlled by a vaccine, or the world would eventually be controlled by a cure. It never even occurred to me, but it should have because it's right here in this scripture. In fact, the word sorcery all through the Bible is pharmakia. The word sorcery all through the Bible means medicine, drugs, sometimes hallucinatory drugs. That's how they got a hold of people. How many have a family member here today that drugs has got a hold of them and changed and ruined their lives. I do. I do. Sorcery, pharmacia, you got to stay away from it. It ruins people's lives. It does not do anybody any good. And we're not just talking about illegal drugs. There's a lot of legal drugs that are really doing a lot of harm to people. And that's hard, isn't it? I, sh I sure can't prescribe what's right for you, and I don't even try to, but I will tell you this. We have a major league problem with pharmacia in the world today, all over the world today. 
And so it says in verse 23 that the light of the candle, that's us, that's you, that's me, the light of the candle will be gone. You know why? Because the Lord will have raptured us out of here. The Lord will have rescued us. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And there will be a time, a terrible time, like there has never been since there was a nation. And Michael, the prince that stands for the children of all thy people, will stand up and he will rescue all of those written in the Lamb's book of life. We're going to be rescued, praise God. We're going to be taken up out of here, praise the Lord. And the rapture could happen any time. Last week when I was talking about the end is not yet. I'm talking about the end, the recreation of the earth, the second coming of Christ. But the rapture, the rescue could happen any time. That's all right with me. See, then I, then I won't have to worry about fixing that car. I won't have to worry about fixing that house. I won't have to worry about paying my property taxes. I won't have to worry at all anymore because I'm going to be rescued in Jesus' name. He's coming to get us. That's going to happen. You can write it down. It's going to happen. Kids, it's no fairy tale. Jesus Christ is coming back, and he's going to take us out and take us to heaven where we want to be, we long to be. But here's what it says in verse 23. The light of the candle will shine no more in the world. When he says in thee, he's not talking about you. He's talking about in Babylon, all over the world. Right now, this horrible, terrible criminal system that we have, right now we have Christians that shed the light of Christ that kind of keep things in balance, that kind of keep things under control. But one of these days, there won't be any more light of God in the world. Jesus is going to take us out of here. And he's telling Babylon, he says, Babylon, you worship money. Babylon, you have child sacrifice. Babylon, you allow false gods to be worshipped in you. Well, one of these days, I'm going to take the light out of you. I'm going to remove my children. There will be no more light during that time. It's going to be the worst time that the world has ever, ever experienced. But guys, the light's not going to shine because he's going to take us out of here. Now look at this right here. The voice of the bridegroom. And the voice of the bride will be heard no more. How many know the bridegroom is the church and the bride is Jesus? The bridegroom is Jesus and the bride is the church. How many know the bridegroom is Jesus and the bride is the church? And when we're gone, there won't be any more gospel singing. There won't be any more gospel preaching. There won't be any more uh, message of Jesus Christ at the great passion play or on television or anywhere. In fact, they're going to ban it. They're going to ban it. They're going to say that it's, a, that it's not true. They're going to start killing Christians. They're going to blame Christians for everything. Jesus said, one day I'm going to take the light. I'm going to gather my children. I'm going to say, come home, you're mine. And there won't be any more light. There won't be any more gospel. There won't be any more church. And here's why. Why? For the merchants, because the merchants or thy merchants, Babylon, all of your business people, not necessarily all of them. Hey, there's a lot of us right here that are business people, and we're going to get raptured out. But the big people, the ones that are in control of the flow of the money, most of them worship that money. Not necessarily all of them, but most of them. And it says the merchants, your merchants, Babylon, 
Great men of the earth, verse 23. Buy all of your pharmakia. They were deceived. And that's the scripture I've been looking for right there. I knew it had to be in Revelation somewhere. And that's it right there. Why is God, when is God going to take all his children home? When is he going to take the church home? When is he going to stop, the gospel's going to stop? When the merchants of the earth deceive the whole world with their drugs, their cures, their hallucinogens, their painkillers, their fentanyl, everything that has got a hold on people, the heroin, the pills. I'm going to stand up here and say that I am not holier than thou, but I am so thankful today that God has protected me from that because I could have been right in the middle of it. I was raised in the 70s. You know what that means. I could have been right in the middle of it, and I know it's not because I'm so good. It's because God protected me from it. And I'm going to give him the praise today because I am alive. How about you? Let's praise the Lord because we are alive. Let's praise the Lord because we are alive. We're alive. We're alive. He's not finished with us yet. He's coming to get us. And it could happen while we're alive. And I'm ready, aren't you? Praise God.